So, Will, I guess this is not going to be our usual cropped because I get to ask you a lot of questions. First, you've been holding out on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You are correct, sir. Uh, I think in New York, when we were hanging out, you mentioned something about Chip doing a new project and company, but and mm -hmm. other people had talked about it, especially I think it was at the Hardee's. I heard mm -hmm. rumblings. But I just kept my mouth shut. Good. I, but I now that I look back and think about like watching Harvey's and look at the list of distillery, which mm -hmm. uh, Chip Mosier. Let's just for people who might not have read all the press, Chip Mosier and uh, David Steinberger. They, David Steinberger have launched a new company called Distillery, and you are the founding editor for it. Um, and then when I look at the list of creators who you were hanging out with at New York and the list of creators that are now part of Distillery, I'm like, ah, it's a, I don't know, it's a conspiracy or <laughs> it's, it's, you know, <laughs> no, a secret it's organization, a you know, the true <laughs> right, power right, in the exactly. comic book company. So um, congratulations. That's why you to go, to, go to conventions. That's why you go to conventions. Well, thank you. Thank you. When I was getting ready for this, I was reading the New York Times article, and I came across an old New York Times article about uh, Zest World. And it's almost like he did a cut and paste uh, when he talks about Zest World, which was a couple, I think, a year ago when they announced it. When did mm -hmm. Zest World get announced? Yeah, it couldn't have been that long ago. Yeah, uh, 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 November 2021. It's really funny. The reporter references how... The guys who created Superman, Siegel and Schuster, sold Superman for $138 to national periodicals. Mm -hmm. So, um, <clears throat> but there's also a bad idea. And I've, then, I've, of course, I've done, you know, other interviews, read other interviews with David and Chip. And now I see the differences and stuff that the companies mm -hmm. are very different. But the great thing about it is they're always, what's up forefront with all these is about, making sure the creator doesn't get screwed because <clears throat> there's a long history of the creators being screwed in comics and missing out on a lot of money um, oh, yeah. that would help them. And also, you know, families and just, you know, generational wealth of mm -hmm. that could be created for those folks. But what I wanted to do is talk to you about how this works from an editor's point of view. You are the founding editor for distillery. Your first book is called, it's going to be an anthology book called Devil's Cut, which I guess comes out uh, just in time for San Diego Comic-Con. So mm -hmm. I guess just to get lay the groundwork, could you just tell, tell us uh, from your point of view as founding editor, what the hell is distillery? <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Um, I warned you. Yeah, I mean, if you read the, you, you did, yeah. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like these two really smart guys who have been around comics a long time and love comics. I mean, I don't think you're going to meet anybody that loves comics more than Chip. He loves comics almost as much as I hate comics. That's what I keep saying to myself, you know. <laughs> you know, which I mean, obviously, I don't really hate comics, but like he, his enthusiasm is kind of unbridled, and you know, he's been around comics for forever. I mean, I think it's 
uh, I don't know, there's some apocryphal story of him hitchhiking to San Diego Comic-Con in the 80s or something when he was still in high school and then begging oh, wow. jobs from, you know, he's worked everywhere. He worked at like Oni at the early days, Boom at the early days, you know, Comixology, Comixology Originals, you know, launched all that. So he's got a long track record of really being passionate about the medium and, you know, trying to get people together and, you know, opening doors for a lot of people. And then, you know, David obviously was founded Comixology and then, mm-hmm. you know, got sold to Amazon. And so, you know, they've known each other a long time, worked together a long time. And, I, you know, I think they've seen a lot of the good and a lot of the bad things that go on in comics and just said, you know, we think we can, you know, try to do something that's a little different and hopefully we'll be, you know, picking up on a lot of the, a lot of the things that have gone on recent years in terms of even just the way things get sold or the way things get promoted, you know, that sort of stuff, like just not doing the same old stuff. Right. You know, um, and, you know, just knowing that like David's very smart and has founded this one company and done a lot of other stuff and Chip is knows everybody and is, you know, just loves the thing. Like they're just a very formidable team. And so, you know, I'm there kind of to help, with consulting and with the talent relations and sort of bringing on, you know, as you say, like a lot of the roster people that I've been associated with for a long time. Um, Because, you know, for these guys, like the real key thing is, you know, we want the comics to be good, right? Like, I mean, I've spent seven years or eight years almost now out of DC vertigo on my own. And the amount of times I've been approached by companies like some of the ones you know you cited some of the other ones that are out there and the the pitch is always it's like a media ancillary rights movie tv pitch you know and like we're just going to do it by making comics kind of thing and and, you know and and for me i you know i've turned them all down up to this point because i've just been like look i'm not in the business of doing crappy comics that you hope to leverage into you know, somewhat less crappy TV shows. So everybody gets paid, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, and, and so many people approaching me, you know, um, about that over the years and trying to leverage my relationships with people. And, you know, me saying to them, like, I, you know, like there are a lot of really good people that I've worked with, but like, we're in the business of making really cool, memorable, long lasting comics. Right. Cause I mean, that's kind of what we're, we're good at. And I think, most of the people I've always worked with, the smart ones anyway, I feel like they consider all of that other stuff to be, you know, like the icing on the cake, you know? I mean, even if Scott Snyder is deep involved with witches, he's not looking to to use that to catapult to the next, you know, show running gig that he can get, right? You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like he's just wanting to kind of shepherd that so that he can tell the best, you know, version of that in another medium than the comic book version but like he's first and foremost like a comic book lover and writer and the same with most of the people on this list for sure all the people honestly but so and i think that i mean that to me you know as we first started talking about stuff was really um the thing that struck me was even you know in their pitch and in the sort of decks they put together and all the different things that they were going around you know talking to me talking to creators talking to investors that media stuff is it's in there somewhere, but it's, it's like really beside the point, you know, it's really not, it's, you know, it's amongst all of this other stuff, but it's, I mean, I can't tell you the amount of people that have come to me with those 
you know, and the lead is just like, well, we've got, you know, an in at the studio and we want to do these comics. And I'm just like, ah, you know, I don't think that's how I want to operate. So these guys were really just about like, you know, like, let's get a lot of really great people together. Let's find a way to pay them. Let's find a way to give them some ownership of what they're doing. And, you know, we're going to try to do these comics in these bigger formats, like nicer materials, like really kind of artifact type, like lean in a little bit to the kind of collectability of, of those, you know, objects that we're, you know, hoping to create. And then also find different ways to promote and sell them. I mean, they'll be available in comic book shops, but, you know, also trying to, you know, some of the things like, you know, what you've seen Mondo and, you know, those kinds of people do, you know, in recent years in terms of, you know, reaching out to people, dropping out new stuff, getting stuff out there, you know, that sort of stuff. So I don't know. It just seemed like a lot of really cool, interesting, just different approaches and looking at like a lot of different industries and how they're doing that sort of stuff, whether it's, you know, more of these kind of guerrilla marketing campaigns or more of the sort of Supreme Mondo kind of limited edition drop culture uh-huh. sort of objects, you know. And then on top of it, they layered this digital marketplace, you know, sort of stuff, which I can't really speak much to that you know because it's just not what i'm doing with them or for them per se but um i think it's kind of an interesting take on you know when they when they described it as like the um the stub hub you know sort of thing then i sort of got what they were talking about you know because it's like anybody who's tried to buy secondhand tickets on StubHub or any of those kind of sites like you get the sense of you know i mean i've done that plenty of times to go to concerts and ball games or whatever so that made sense to me that it's like okay great now i'm dealing directly with someone else as opposed to the kind of more you know what was happening in recent years with like the the bigger blockchain those the all the nft blockchain stuff you know but anyway so it was just a lot of interesting really cool really cool ideas but at the heart it was like let's just get the best people that we know can deliver really good work and find a way to pay them a living wage and give them some ownership and let's see what cool stuff comes out of it to me it was all i needed to hear they're like yeah i'm totally on board to help you guys with this yeah because like the going back to the hollywood thing is like it seems like the interviewers are the ones bringing that up you mm-hmm. know all right what are your plan for you know media and uh and back in the aughts, it was the thing that all these new publishers, even I was guilty of it, it led with, you know, it's an right. IP, easy way to, easy entry, easy IP generator, and we can sell movies. And I don't know why I was so naive, or other people are naive, that there's no guarantees, as Scott will know, you know, mm-hmm. even though he's show running a show <laughs> on a streamer, there's no guarantees that he'll have a show, you know, for another 10 years, if he wanted oh, to pursue yeah. that, even with his background. Um, no, it's a huge risk for him. You know, yeah. I mean, I think it's like, you know, I mean, I know that he's, I think he really wanted to make it as good as he could make it and be involved in that thing. But I, yeah, I think, I mean, it's definitely a learning experience. And it's like, you're taking a lot of the risk with like, as opposed to just sort of letting someone else do it. And if it doesn't work, then you could always say like, well, you know, the comic was great. I'm sorry, yeah. they couldn't turn it into something else. But now you've got your name on it. Like, so yeah, he's, I mean, I mean, he's giving it a, 110 percent and i think that it'll you know hopefully it'll be as awesome as i think it can be but yeah it's a huge risk but yeah like you said i mean everybody that was i mean and nobody was shy about it they were saying like this is our business model like we're going to own parts of these ips we're going to like pay some stuff but it's all like kind of you know the same old advances and the rates were kind of crappy and you know we just hope to sell 
you know, I had guys literally telling me like, look, you know, if we put 10 things out there, and one of them sells, well, then it'll pay for all the other ones, you know, which, which is true and mm-hmm. sort of mathematically true, but it doesn't speak to any kind of vision of like, a, you know, a, a, like a brand vision or just a sort of coherent thing of what you're going to be putting out there, you know, and, and I don't know, after working at Vertigo for so many years and like that was the thing and you know you and i've talked about it but that was the reason i left there was a main driver for me leaving vertigo you know and leaving and not moving to los angeles is because i could see in 20 you know 13 14 15 like how much more pronounced that had gotten and this is now almost 10 years ago you know so you can imagine in the last 10 years how it's exponentially gotten that way that was before walking dead really hit and everything else so, you know, you could just see where it was going. And I was like, well, I'm not in the business of making crappy comics to be turned into slightly better TV shows. Like, I'm just not, you know, and I don't want to be. So um, I'm happy to stay over here in this little pond and just try to make really cool books that, you know, you keep them in print, you keep them around. You can reach people through lots of different ways, digital and all these other things. And like we it's 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 a it's a great job at the end of the day, you know. And it, it does seem like the, the what. David and Chip are trying to do is find a way of reaching people. That seems that in the interviews of like how to reach people, how to take this medium that has been, even though it has been growing, you know, in popularity and, you know, Mm -hmm. in money too, compared to like what, you know, the money that the industry generated in America back in the nineties compared to what it does nowadays. I mean, it's there. Oh yeah. Readership there different readership it's all varied and everything so it's it was great and on these interviews of like we just want to make really good comics and then here's some fresh avenues of trying to get it in front of your eyeballs you know exactly you know and i think that was you know i mean obviously that was a driver for david years ago when he was developing the comicsology stuff i mean he was doing that years before anyone else and at the time if you recall you know there was it was sort of an arms race. Like there was a few other companies that were doing it at the same time. And then he sort of came out with, I think, you know, one of the killer apps, like being the, like the guided view. And that was sort of a differentiator and that sort of stuff. And, you know, he ended up kind of coming out on the top of that, that, that race, which is, you know, like you say back in the aughts and into, you know, whatever. And um, yeah, and I think it's the same. And chip has always been, I mean, if you go back and look, I mean, like I said, I mean, he was at Oni, like right when they were starting, he was at Boom, like really early on and like really helped grow those companies into bigger things and reaching all these different audiences, you know, YA audiences and teen, teen audiences. And, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, and they have the backing of like this big Japanese publisher, conglomerate publisher, whatever. And it's like, you know, I don't think that's by accident. The Japanese market is a, a very heavy and digital. So but um, one thing I wanted to stay focused on was like just from an editor's point of view on launching a company mm-hmm. and from what little I've read is that and you have these creators, all the, you know, a bunch of A-list creators, name creators who have all done creator driven books, you know, sure. Bob and Image or whatever publisher they've had. You know, some of them do work for Marvel and DC, but they also have their own books. And even on Comixology, you were editing some of these folks. Was there ever a conversation about a house style for for a distillery, bad idea it seems to have a house style, especially with, um, well, with its promotions, but also even some of the books, similar creators that had been at, um, oh, geez, why am I forgetting the company that, that those guys had, uh, at Valiant, 
you know. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, that bad idea seems to have an appearance, you know, a similar house style. But did you guys think of a house style or is it because of the the creators you have, you're just like, okay, you know, go for it, guys. I mean, we're just looking for great comic books and mm-hmm. and your voice. We're not going to bury, you know, we're not going to mm-hmm. add another layer to your voice. I mean, how how did you guys, was there any discussion about that? Yeah, I mean, but but the discussion would be what you're talking about. You know, people would ask me back in the day, like, oh, what is this a Vertigo book or what are you looking for? And I would say, you know, I, I don't really know, but I you know, know when I see it, which I'm sure I've said to you before, but <laughs> excuse me, but it's like, you know, and it was always difficult somewhat to define Vertigo, particularly as it evolved from like kind of the dark fantasy stuff into crime and horror and, you know, war and all the rest of the kind of stuff. Um, so I don't know. I, I always always try to avoid those sorts of things. So it was really just like you get these really talented, accomplished, interesting people and you say to them, like, well, what's the one thing that you're most excited about? What's the thing you haven't been able to do, you know, or, you know, we have a lot of write, uh, artists on the list that, you know, the plan is for them to like write and draw, you know, some of their own stuff. Right. You know, so you know, maybe you just haven't had an opportunity to do that, or maybe you wanted to do it and it just, you know, never came up or you've been told that you couldn't sell it or, you know, whatever. But it's like, I think that we're just trying to, you know, you basically, for me, it it feels more like, uh, I don't want to say like incubator. That sounds like a weird kind of dopey tech term, but like, I just feel like, and, and this has been sort of the, the backbone of my entire career is, you just bring like really talented, interesting, creative people together, and then you just sort of help them manage it, you know, in terms of that sort of sense, whether it's like, you know, that sort of impresario kind of, I'm going to open a venue and like have all the best bands come and play at my venue, you know, like it's that sort of, and you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, some of the stuff, obviously, like they have a certain amount of projects that they've talked about or pitched, that kind of thing. Like, obviously, there's it's not just complete pie in the sky, but it's also like, well, let's just sort of see, you know, what happens when you start to get these people together and, you know, a lot of them are friendly with each other and, and they're free to work with outside people. It's not as if like, Oh, everybody has to work with everybody else and, you know, in the group, but there is already like a lot of combination, you know, people teaming up with each other or wanting to team up with each other. And some of that would exist before, which made then sense why to bring some of the people in that, you know, they brought in. But then some of it has just been as a result of, you know, trying to create like a, this atmosphere where, I mean, I don't want to say like a Warhol factory kind of thing. That sounds pretentious. But you know what I mean? Like where it's just like, you know, and it's difficult in this day and age because they're not all in the same place, you know. But at the same time, it's like trying to, you know, foster some sense of like a community and you're kind of all in this thing together. And I think just the way they've structured the business and the sharing of stuff, you know, it will kind of naturally, you know, grow some of that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's like a founding editor, like it's kind of an odd position. I mean, it's kind of a cool title, but it's like, I'm not the editor in chief. Right. So, yeah. uh, And which is somewhat by design, you know, I think, because I feel like, like they're free to work with whoever they want to work with on the editorial side or not work with anybody if they don't want to. Right. Like a lot of these people, you know, Mirka, other people, you know, they've been doing their own stuff for years. Like mm-hmm. the last thing I would do is come in and be like, Oh, you know, I'm the editor in chief here and you need to like work <laughs> with me and whatever. So if people, you know, some of the people 
don't need any editorial help. Some of the people, you know, like the James, you know, he, he works with Greg Lockhart on all his books at Image and stuff. So my expectation is, mm-hmm. you know, they'll keep that going. So, yeah, the, so there's a number of people on here that I'm like talking to about actually working individually on their books. But otherwise, um, there's a lot that will just do their own thing. I mean, you look at Joelle. You know, she's doing writing and drawing her own stuff now for like Zest World, and she's certainly done it before for 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 Dark Horse and Oni and other places. So, you know, I mean, some people just they won't necessarily need my help, you know, or mm-hmm. it's there if they want it. Like we can work something out. But once you get into too heavy handedly, like appointing one person as the the vision of the company, you know, uh, I don't Do you- I, I think it. Yeah, I think it could, you know, I, I don't know. It's just an interesting, different way to approach it, I think. You know? Well, and also, like, having a house style might actually keep people from coming in. I mean, mm-hmm. keep uh, consumers from, you know, checking things out. Because now you, I mean, you have an eclectic mix of creators. And it's just their, you know, it's their voices under the sort of uh, what David and Chip had put together. And you're just there to make sure they're you're pushing you know you're as an editor probably what you did it you've done at image and what you've been doing at comiXology was just here's another you know the evolution of that of yeah and, I, different and voices. I, I came yeah and i came into vertigo at a time like in 1999 when they had just really started to push past like that initial years of vertigo for the first i don't know six or seven years like What's, to me as a consumer it was like oh that's like the dark fantasy yeah it was stuff, right you know like yeah. i was into some of that like i read sandman i read hellblazer that kind of stuff but like mm-hmm. there was a lot of other stuff they did that i had zero interest in like i would never have bought like a dreaming comic like if you had a gun to my head you know so even though it's like sandman adjacent you know so for a while but then once you know axel came in and some of those other people and they said you know you get 100 bullets you get preacher you start to you know then i came when i got my shot it was like all right well i want to keep pushing what that means to be a vertigo book so then you get you know you get the losers you get dmz you get scout they had why the last man you know they had all these different things so it started to move away from that kind of sprung out of the 80s british sort of satirical you know kind of commentary stuff and or like dark fantasy stuff you know into like just this really you know, like I said, we were talking about before we went, you know, started recording about like when I did the Vertigo crime line, like in 2008, you know, and that kind uh-huh. of stuff. And, you know, and then the Black Label stuff, which was going to be kind of the last thing we were trying to do there. But that's, I mean, that Black Label stuff is, was incubated and gestated in Vertigo. I mean, yeah. you know, like that was like we were behind that whole idea of doing just that. Yeah, so I think it's the same kind of thing here, you know. I mean, I just feel like it's, you know, and it's kind of early days, so it's like I think some of that, like I don't, I don't personally feel like I need to define it, you know, at the moment and say like, well, what does it make? What makes the distillery book? I mean, some of it you'll see with the format, like the over bigger size, you know, trim sizes, that better materials, the way we market it, the way they rack it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see, you know, like how what really shakes out in terms of it in a year five or ten people are saying like oh that's the distillery book without even looking at the as ed- as founding editor are you getting down to the nitty-gritty of like figuring out what kind of paper stock to use or is that something yeah yeah no been- i mean i mean you know the, the, those guys are managing a lot of that stuff but yeah i mean we've been sort of working on all that stuff right. for a while in terms of like you know trim sizes 
paper stocks, extra materials, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it's all very strategic. I mean, if you know those guys or you can look at their track records, yes, you know, yeah, they're smart guys. Like they know the industry, they know, I mean, David knows the tech world, like Chip knows the comic book world. Like they know all of the players, they know all the retailers, they know all the, you know, people at diamond people, at, you know, everywhere. Like, so it's like, you're, you know, and, and honestly, like, and I don't, we don't really get into this, but I think like, even like Heidi mentioned it, like in maybe her article or in the, uh, her podcast where it was like, you know, a lot of that digital data isn't really particularly, you can lay your hands on it, but like, you're basically talking to the two guys that, you know, have had the most access to like digital data for the last going back at 20, least 10 <laughs> 15 20 years yeah know? 20 so years. um you know so they're uniquely suited in that respect too you know to sort of just understand that's all about and 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 hopefully how to you know do some different things and you know try some different stuff i mean i just admire the fact that they their willingness it seems like to try these different things and like we're you know try to kind of test different things and like let's try to do this and so there's like a lot of energy there's a lot of like forward momentum you know which i just see in the last couple of years in particular i mean it's kind of cool to be involved with a bunch of people that like well everybody else is kind of closing down like they're opening up you know Mm -hmm. and it's like that sort of adage of the warren buffett be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful, you know, and that's how you make money like in investing, you know, when everybody else is pouring all their money into Bitcoin, like maybe that's the time to step back from it, you know, (laughs) everybody else falls apart. Like you're buying up good companies and their pennies on the dollar, you know, and it's sort of like, there's something about that that's exciting, you know, particularly after going through the stuff we've gone through recently, you know, with like a lot of this contraction and, seeing you know some of these things shuttered and you know all the stuff that went on at comiXology at the beginning of the year which was a real blow yeah i have um, to say i mean I, I even talk about it at the beginning of my interview with chuck austin because he's still you know producing books for them and happy with his experience there but it just really and like even scott was snyder was talking about it on his podcast about they feel lucky that they got in but it just felt like things were just about to take off and mm-hmm. then you guys, you know, and then you have some corporate, and as even before we started recording, some suit deciding, well, these numbers don't work. So let's mm-hmm. just, it's easier for us just to shut it all down. And it, it just like, but what if you had just, you know, it, we're talking comics. I mean, how much money is Amazon really spending? Still, for some reason, it was just too much. But it, yeah, it, the experiment just never had a chance to get going. And at least with David and Chip, it's going to be their call. Right. You know? Yeah. And I, I mean, it's that, yeah. And comicsology, like you said, I mean, they started that originals and they started it with people that they could get involved and they could afford. And then when Scott came along, our thinking at least was like, okay, this is like your next tier yeah. that you're going to get, you know, and now we dump all these cool books on you and you get this stuff. And suddenly we have the attention of all these other people, you know, you don't, I mean, certainly he's, they then can start talking to a different caliber of creator that's going to move the needle and then yeah i mean we had like really long-term kind of thinking about you know okay well then what's the wave three look like there and when do we start kind of expanding the umbrella to bring in other people you Mm -hmm. know younger people newer people that kind of thing but you know yeah i don't know they make these cuts and it's like they don't 
you know, they're not just cutting through the skin, like they're cutting down to the bone. And it's sort of like, you know, I, I don't, I don't think there's a lot of thought, honestly, about it. I think it's just like they, I think somebody looks at a spreadsheet and says everybody below this line is gone. And oh, it's yeah. Kinda that, like, you that's know, what it feels you like. You just sort of feel, that's what it feels like. Because as you said, it's like, you know, for the handful of people that were running that whole operation, it's like, how much could they have possibly spent on that for the amount of, you know, content they're creating for the amount of goodwill they're engendering for the amount of support they're given to you know the conventions all i mean i don't really honestly i don't know i mean they for years the last bunch of years mm-hmm. they've sponsored artist alley at new york comic-con they've basically been like the chief sponsor of thought bubble every year i mean those things obviously are continuing but i you know i mean whatever i don't want to take us down another hole but yeah, yeah i mean it just feels like but you know so so the timing is good in that respect, you know, we, I mean, we weren't obviously no one knew that was coming and that was not part of the, the planning at all, you know, but, um, and I, nobody involved, you know, a distillery wanted that to happen at all. I mean, it's like, you see this company that you started, like essentially get like its head cut off. Like it's very, you know, it's painful. It's very sad, even if you're not there anymore. I mean, I know it cause I went through it with vertigo. It's like seeing how that devolved. Mm-hmm. over the last seven or eight years like it you know it's like I, I i don't i'm not sitting there hoping oh i hope vertigo goes down the tubes as soon as i leave i mean it's it's like watching you know like the love of your life like throw themselves off cliff you know i don't it's like the last thing you really want but yeah and one the last thing i would like to talk about is that you know sure. a book that you're making you know uh devil's cut which is mm-hmm. an anthology book um yep. So how is the cat herding going? I mean, you're trying to get it ready for <laughs> for Comic-Con. And, yep. and yep. doing an anthology book, which we've talked about and I've talked about a number of times, can be the most difficult thing doing because you mm-hmm. have all this talent that you're trying to herd, basically, to get to this one, <laughs> squeeze it right through. So mm-hmm. how are you approaching doing an anthology book? I have recent experience of biting off more than I can chew when it comes to you know, putting together a gigantic anthology. Mm-hmm. This actually mm-hmm. seems like quite modest in comparison oh. to something like that. You know, the the Paul Goodenough one. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, the Paul, and then of course, I'm oh silly yeah. me. It's like the right. reason why we met was the the J. H. Williams uh, right. book. You know, you all know, those anthologies. Be- yeah, right. And between the two of them, I mean, I think you're looking at over yeah. 500 pages easily of anthology stuff. And probably that many creators too. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easily. So yeah. So this is this in some ways feels very like manageable you know and, mm-hmm. and when you get to this level of talent i mean obviously like some people are slower and faster than other people i think they knew all along that you know this would be sort of our first foray into the the world just to kind of like a proof of concept the pump was pretty primed you know in terms mm-hmm. of of like knowing okay this is when we need it this is what we need you know here's how many pages each person get and and kind of going from there but after that it's just sort of like you know, do what you want to do, like what you want to do in terms of genre, in terms of content, in terms of whatever, you know, like it's definitely, um, it's kind of just like a jam kind of quality. So some people are working with each other. Some people are doing their own thing. Some people, there's a few stories that, you know, we've got some outside kind of friends of the family that are coming in to help, you know, on the art and stuff for, yeah, and so we're you know trying to get it ready for San Diego. So you know that's the big push right now. It's just like over the next, yeah, I don't know, it's like about a month or so. I think that you know until we have to have it out, you know, because that's mm-hmm. about how far out you have to work from 
from you know print to make sure that you get something like this uh, in there and then it'll be available in stores in august you know like soon after san diego retailers will be able to order it for for that so yeah so then by then you know that you know by the end of the summer like you'll have a real sense of like what people are doing and um but you know we wanted to have something that's um a standalone you know like not like you know as it says i think even in the advertising stuff like this won't be reprinted again like in this form kind of thing you know um so it's just that letting these people tell kind of cool interesting stories you know little shorts and just kind of show what what the format can do what the you know what it can look like maybe some people who are artists who are writing their own stuff you know surprise some people with that that sort of content as well so yeah, so far it's been fun, you know. I mean, some of it's some of it's done, some of it, a lot of it still needs to get done, but you know, we'll get it done. And how long did you guys? I mean, when did you start this? Was this something you started? I, I'm trying to in review in interviews like with Chip of like after he left Comicsology. It's not like he left Comicsology for this. It seems, right. you know, this is something that no. came. So you're you've been guys have just this came together sort of fast in a way. So when yeah. did you as editor did start you know come on board and working on it if you're looking at around May to have this ready to go to print yeah not 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 as long ago as I would like <laughs> in terms of what it takes to put together what you know will ultimately be probably like I don't know 72 or 80 pages long probably okay um, yeah, so it's been more recent than you would think, but like you know, yeah, like you can do the math. I mean, David left Comicsology, I think, in I don't know last April, and and Chip left around June. If, even if they started working on it on day one, it's been less than a year, which is, but it, it's been a lot less than that, to be honest, you know. But <laughs> yeah, kinda, especially for you. you know, so we'll. I don't know. I'm sure that like anything else, like you'd like it to happen faster, but. Um, you know, given that that is the reality that it's, you know, it's really that short of a time period that, that anything has been percolating in this, this venture that it, it is kind of miraculous that you can line up this many people and they have ideas for stuff and everybody gets signed and you can have a big announcement and then soon after be able to put out a big book. I think it's just a testament to like, you know, you have this many professionals, uh-huh. people that have been doing it a long time. It's not the easy part, but it's not as hard as it might be under other, you know, in other hands or other circumstances. I mean, everybody's just sort of like, all right, cool, you'll get the stuff. We'll have it, you know, like, because I think they know it's like, it's important to have it for this. And honestly, like, once you make people like this, you make them stakeholders, like they have a stake in it. I mean, I think that's, I, you can't underestimate that either. It's sort of like, if if some of your some of the return you're going to get is a result of the success of all of the things that are happening well then you well, don't want to be the one that's like dragging everybody else down do you you know i've always found that uh-huh. i've always found that like motivating talent it, it's much more horizontal successfully like if it's being done horizontally meaning like it's that foxhole mentality right of like i'm not fighting this war for you know, king and country, I'm fighting it for like the guy in the foxhole next mm-hmm. to me, right? You know, and the, that sort of esprit de corps is like what I've always found to be much more motivational to get people to work, you know? So anytime I've had books, I've put stuff together, like I've worked really hard to create like a, like a team feeling, like they're not just 
you're not just the letterer, like you're not just the colorist. You don't just get to see the pages every three weeks and get me the colors in a week and send it in. Like you're on the emails, you're in the stuff. When we go out for shows, we all go to dinner together. Like once you've created that sort of environment, well, then a lot of it becomes like self-regulating because it's just like, like I, we're all professionals here. Like this is like the kind of SEAL Team Six or whatever. Like you don't, you know, you, you don't want to let the other people down. So I think even if that's not overtly a pressure, I think there's there's an underlying sense of like, well, I want to deliver the goods. And I think it's what those guys, even for years, for decades, and I know this from talking to guys like Joe Kubert and other people over the years, the old time guys, like that's what the studios were really good at, like the art studios, you know? I mean, yeah. it's like, I mean, there was a sense of like, if you're in a studio and Wally Wood is there and Will Eisner is there and Johnny Craig is there and Joe Kubert is there, whoever it is, like you better bring your A game, right? Like you can't sit there and dick around all day you know, playing video games and like, you know, goofing off and not doing your pages when you're sitting, you know, behind a guy who's doing, you know, 20 pages a day and they look like Joe Kubert pages. Yeah. So I think there's even a sense of that from, at least for me, feeling of like, that's, you know, there's a certain level of camaraderie, a certain level, maybe even of competitiveness, but like whatever it takes to get it done. Like, I don't, you know, as long as we get it done and it's great, like I, that's all that matters to me at the end of the day. And also feels like with this ownership, with all the extra work that a creator has to do to get like a following group and, and, you know, have people, you know, readers and have that you, now you can really bring it to bear. You're not, okay, I'm motivating the people who like my stuff to buy my next book. That's just gonna, mm -hmm. you know, most of the money's going to end up at Warner brothers lot and never, right. see, I'll never see it. And it, you know, I could be, you know, kicked to the curb tomorrow here. There's a little extra, there's a better payoff, I guess, mm -hmm. or more, you, you know, that the work really shows for you. You know, if you do like put everything into it, I'm like, maybe, you know, who knows what happens to DC or Marvel tomorrow? You know, who knows what Disney well, or Warner Brothers decides? You know? that's a, yeah, that's a hundred percent. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't believe really keep all your eggs in one basket if you can help it, you know, mm -hmm. but also, I mean, even just from the standpoint of, from the social media marketing standpoint too, it's like, there's some pretty heavy hitters on this list Yeah, when it comes to generating like a following, following you know, yeah. and knowing how to pull all those levers and stuff. So then there's other people on here who just do their own thing and want to be left alone. But it's like, if we can get like a few of these boats to lift the tide of all the boats, then you know, then it's all to the good, you know, I mean, you've got some people who have really big, dedicated, you know, the Mark Bernardin and Scott Snyder and James, like they have really hardcore fan bases. And yeah, so I mean, they were obviously, I mean, there's just, I mean, I would say, you know, without like saying too much, it's like, there's nothing happened here by accident, right? I mean, you've got between Chip and David and me, and mm -hmm. the other people, it's all very strategic. And if you really go through the list of people and you sort of understand what, you know, their strengths and weaknesses and things, what they bring to the table, there's a big, there is a grand design to it. You know, like it mm -hmm. wasn't just like, Oh, we put out 20 offers to people and these are the 12 the people that came back, back or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah, it's not, you know, and it's like, if you really know comics and you know the different ways comics are made and they're sold and the audiences that these followers, these creators have like, you know, I could probably, you know, I, I could give you a reason, you know, sort of on some level. It's, you know, it's not the main reason you're necessarily on the list, but it's like, it, you know, mm -hmm. 
this is your value add to the thing, you know, and it's all very strategic, but everything, you know, I've, you know, I mean, I think sometimes I come off to people as like kind of, I don't know, blase about it all or kind of cynical about everything. Well, you did say you hated comics at the beginning of this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I had the, um, but I've had a plan like forever. You know what I mean? Like I realized at some point, like when I first got into this, that like, this is going to be the thing I'm going to do. I'm going to be, you know, I want to be good at it. I want to be, you know, really, you know, do it the right way. And, and, you know, I've been working for like almost 25 years now to kind of to a system, like to a plan, you know, and not mm-hmm. just happenstance, not just plugging holes in the dam, you know, that sort of thing, which I think is probably my value add to Chip and David is that, you know, it's just like you, you always have a plan, you know, and if you, it, it's always been my mantra kind of, and, you know, so far so good. It's proved out like in the, you know in the the track record that I, you know, honestly put like up against almost anybody's, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, Hey, you said you have to get back to work around this time. So (laughs) uh, thank you for coming on. I hope you will continue to talk to me. (laughs) Of course. All right. I'm going to be too big as a founding editor of distillery. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Right. Exactly. No, come on. But thanks for uh, let me peek behind the curtain a bit. And congratulations to you, David, Chip, and everybody else. And I can't wait to see what uh, Devil's Cut looks like. Well, you'll see it soon. (laughs) One way or the other, you'll see it soon. soon. (laughs) All right. I'll be talking to you later. Thanks for talking. (laughs) All right. See you later.